0: Jeremiah was was having a conversation with the Lord and the Lord was talking to the prophet Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah called, they called him the weeping prophet because he seemed to always be uh, lamenting before the Lord, crying before the Lord. And um, Some, some um, theologians said that he was bipolar because he was up and down weeping and crying. Uh, I just feel that he had a, a deep connection with God. <laughs> well, God told him that that he had a calling for him, and, and he says this in Jeremiah twelve five. If you have raced with men on foot, and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? What a statement. See, what God was illustrating with that was the call of God on a person's life goes beyond human capabilities, because we all know that there's none of us here who can run as fast as a horse. Right? I was going to say that, but I'm not. You can't. And so God was saying, look, what I have planned for you is beyond your abilities. And, I got some, and I'm going to give you the ability to do this. But if you just can't handle what you're going through now, how can you handle what you're going to have to go through later? If you can't keep up with men, how are you going to run with horses? See, Jacob's life, and we talked about Jacob in the Bible, and, and that's what it was like a, a review of Genesis. Jacob, who was later to be called Israel was setting the foundation for all of us, his life could be called a struggle. Jacob means surplanter or the one who grabs the heel. And he struggled with his nature And he struggled with other people. Anybody that struggled with their nature? Anybody who struggled with other people? Now we can raise up both hands, right? Uh, His final struggle was with God. He struggled. And as I come in here, we're on this day, and, and I thought about the NFL, the newfound life in Jesus. The NFL... It's a struggle. And now I'm back to the NFL. Regardless of how they got there, because you know, some people say, Oh, they backed in, or they should have made it. They said, Oh, there's a lot of things of, and I don't care. Whoever makes it there makes it there, it's not an easy thing to do. I don't care how you make it. If you make it crawling, crying, you make it into the Super Bowl, you got you got props. It's a struggle. Joe Montana, he's 59 years old, says he is is unable to take part in almost all of the physical activities he once enjoyed because of a multitude of physical problems that are a result of his five years in the league. 15 years, rather, in the league. He won how many Super Bowls? Four. Well, the Niners won five. He won four himself. He's been there in, in the playoffs and... Achieved a lot of great things, but he can't walk like he used to because of the struggle. He recently had elbow surgery. He's had three neck fusions, and he thinks another one will be necessary soon. He has arthritis in his elbows, knees, and hands. And there's nerve damage to one eye that the doctor told him was from a head trauma. So that life after the NFL is just not like it should be. Montana said this, that's just life after the NFL. Unfortunately, most of us leave this game with things that linger. So we're going to learn today that our NFL, that our newfound life is also a struggle. So we must be empowered to be in the struggle to a great extent, because our 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 struggle is a little different than the NFL. Although it looks tough for them, we it is tough for us as well. But there's one thing we have in our NFL that most others don't have: God's power. Amen. So, because when I'm I'm going to talk about a struggle, because it's not easy. But listen. I'm also going to talk, because of that struggle, we require extra grace, extra, extra. We require something extra to make it because God knows it's a struggle to be a Christian in this day and age. Isn't it not a struggle? When everything's coming at you. I mean, rapid fire, coming at you, right? So he says to, to Jeremiah, and I say to you, if you have race with men on foot, and they have worn you out. How can you compete with horses? If you've stumbled in a safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? So, in relation to any sport or activity on earth, our struggle lasts a lifetime. <coughs> hmm? Our struggle is not just for a four-month football season. Check this out from 2000 to 2014, 15 seasons of football, there were 30,186 injuries, reports, leading to 51,596 regular season weeks missed, an average of 1.71 weeks missed per injury. Per injury. Mm. So if you look at the, the whole population level damage, that it represents how many weeks NFL players have missed because of injury, because of their struggle. And I say this because it it relates to us because I see people come to church, don't go to church, come to church, don't go to church, and and, and say maybe I'm too simple, but I understand one thing. If you grab a hold of God and stay faithful, God's going to take care of your struggles. I know that. But you tell people in their struggle and they won't believe you because they're going to do what they are used to doing. See, a dog is used to barking, so it's going to bark. And we're going to do what we're used to doing. If you look at the NFL, their injuries, general knee injuries, non-ACLs, lig- ligament damage or tears do the most damage to their knees. Uh, interesting. So it's always, when you're struggling, the, the biggest thing that, that hurts a person or the hardest thing to overcome is your walk. And see, so the enemy likes to take out your knees to hinder your walk. In the NFL, about 4,500 knee injuries since 2000. They have cost almost 7,600 weeks. Their severity, again, 1.7 weeks per injury. And they happen often. Some other culprits, Alyssa, top 10, first knee, then you have ACL. Hamstring, shoulder, non tears, ankle, non breaks or sprains, foot, non breaks or injuries, groin, Achilles heel. Number nine, back injuries. And coming to number 10, concussions. Concussions. It's a struggle. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, God was speaking to man after they disobeyed his voice. After Adam disobeyed God's voice. And listen, women get a bad rap because they always blame, it wasn't the woman's fault. Because it wasn't the issue of Adam listening to his wife. It was the issue of him not listening to God. She was an innocent bystander, if you will. Let me read the scripture, verse 17. And the man... And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose food I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat it of its grain. By the sweat, hello, by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. Or you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. A struggle. And when I think about that, we're going through the book of Genesis, and you look at Jacob. And I think Jacob best describes most people, because we look at him, and, and you know, J- surplanter, or other words, calls him the conniver. Now I know not everybody in this room was conniver, right? But I can say that everyone in this room has connived. Can I say that? connive you know I mean, did something to get your way, no matter how nice it appeared you you were nice because you wanted something that is called a nice conniver but it's still conniving, right? See Jacob's life I think represents us all, and his 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 struggle with other, with nature, with himself, his, his own nature, and others. And he eventually struggled with God, but, but he was the one who's always grabbing after something. And the list of his struggles, like ours, seemed endless. It began where? In the womb. Now, some of you say, I didn't struggle in the womb. Well, ask your mama that. <laughs> right? You don't know what, what, what was going on in there. I know when Anthony, he, he didn't want to come out. He was hanging on on the umbilical cord. No, I ain't going out there. No, 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 I ain't going out there. I had to do a section, get him out. He struggled. In Genesis 25, it says that the babies jostled each other within her. They were, they were wrestling. Others, other other um, um, scriptures say, or other uh, translations say, some translations say, the babies struggled with each other within her. She said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire upon the Lord, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came to her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first came out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they called him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. 60. That's an old dude. That's an old buzzard. He had to deal with these guys. Amen? And that began in the womb. Why? Because there was a struggle between two babies. And they knew something was up that even the adults didn't know. Jacob knew that he wanted to be first and he had to be first because somehow God must have spoke to Jacob in the womb and said, you're going to be in charge. So he figured in the womb, well, if I'm going to be in charge, I'm coming out first. He didn't get that. He wasn't the firstborn. But he knew within himself. Then as they came up, they struggled, the brothers, for their father's affection. Uh, The sibling the sibling. Rivalry. Anybody have more than one kid, you know what I'm talking about. And if you have one kid, there's still a rivalry. It's the kid with the mom or the kid with the dad. There's a rivalry going on. Hello, somebody. Right? They fought, they they struggle for the birthright. I wanna have the birthright. Why? Because I want the blessing, because that's what the, he really wanted. He wanted the blessing. So this Jacob guy he was conniving and jiving for the affection of his father for the birthright for Isaac's blessing. Conniver. It's much like us, right? We come to God and we don't come to God. Listen, I, I'm not I'm gonna, you know, make you feel bad, but we don't come to God because because we think we can help him out. We're gonna help a brother out. Most people come to God because they want something. Right? They don't come to God to give. You know how I can tell? Because I look at the offering. They come to God to get. That's the conniver in all of us. God, what can you give me? As if we should get something from him. But that's us, right? And God says, okay, you're like Jacob. You're like him. You know, He's a conniver. But come on, he brought him in. Why? Because he was going to teach him a few things. Through what? Through his struggles. Huh? That's why we struggle. Hello, someone. Right? Because right? you always struggle for the birthright, the firstborn, and the blessing. We want that struggle. We want it. We want the, who doesn't want to be blessed? Raise your hand. If anybody here that doesn't want to be blessed, raise your hand. We'll help you out. <laughs> we'll give you the anti-blessing. <laughs> right? Everybody wants to be blessed, correct? And that's the nature of man. We don't grow up said, "You know, I don't want to be blessed. I just I want to bless everybody else and me I don't want to be blessed." No, we want to be blessed. That's right. That's right. So we struggle for it, right? Yep. Here's a classic example. When you go to work. When you go to work, does anybody go to work? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you want your, your 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 fellow employee to get the raise or do you want the raise? <laughs> Come on. I'm asking another question: Do you want your fellow employee to get the raise, or do you want the raise? Raise your. Okay, if you want the raise, raise your hand. The rest of you, what? You go. You don't want a raise. You don't work. You're on welfare. What's happening here? <laughs> no, you don't want your. Although you won't say nothing, but if they get the raise and you find out what happens, especially if 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 they ain't working like like you think, you like. This, this chump got money, man? Uh, no way. That's one reason why employers don't like employees talking about their salary. They don't like it. Because we want the blessing. That's the Jacob in all of us. Correct? Right. See, Jacob, his, his, it says there in, in Jeremiah twelve five in the New Living Translation, it reads like this. If racing against mere man makes you tired... How will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall upon ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? Verse 6, check this out. Even your brothers, members of your own family have turned against you. They plot and raise complaints against you. Do not trust them no matter how pleasantly they speak. I go, wow. He's talking to Jeremiah. and See, Jeremiah was called of God, but his family didn't like it. And he preached, and he says, and he was going through, you know, I, I, that's a hard thing. He was, he was feeling all gum kicked. God, I'm trying to serve you. Why, why is everybody coming against me? Why, why is my, my family, they don't, they don't even want me no more. Every time I preach the gospel, they don't want to hear it. They run from me. They talk about me. They're being mean to me, God. And he says, if you stumble with mere men, how are you going to run with horses? <clears throat> that was his backdrop of, this, of the scripture. If you can't handle that, See, listen, my friend. When people come against you, it's not an issue if the, that they don't love you. It's an issue of they're uncomfortable with the God you've introduced into their life. You know they love you, but they don't know how to respond. Like, what's going on? Man, you're all holding now. You used to smoke a joint with me. Now you don't. You used to drink. Now you don't. You used to cuss. And every time I say the F word, you say, shh. You make it feel uncomfortable. What's God doing to you? He's messing you all up. <laughs> He done messed you up. And if you keep that religion, I mean, my mom told me that one time. If you keep that religion, you're going to go crazy. My mom told me that one time. I go, mom, me and my mom was a witch, right? I go, mom, I'm already crazy. God is trying to straighten me out. It's amazing how the world thinks you're going crazy and you're actually God to straighten you out because the world is crazy. Hmm? So his, his struggles continue. Jacob struggled with the ways of God because God turns everything upside down. Isn't God a trip? Uh, Up is down, down is up. In our mind, right is wrong. I mean, the things we thought were okay are not okay. Everything, we're thinking, what what do you mean? What, give? No, no, I'm a taker. You know, survival of the fittest, isn't that in the Bible somewhere? (laughs) And that's how we think. Because we're, we're taught a certain way. Look out for number one, right? Who, who's taught that? Look out for number one. El mero mero. Look out for me, myself, and Irene. That's it. The rest of you, too bad. And God says, no, you are your brother's keeper. What are you talking about? I don't care about that guy. No, you have to care about that guy. Why do I have to care about him? Well, if you love me, you have to love them. But you know I love you, God. Oh, you really love you really love me. Yeah. Then why don't you do something for me? Oh, now you're getting religious. Now you're meddling. Is that God up there, or who's up? Who else is up there talking to me like that? You struggle with the ways of God. It's different, isn't it? You know how it is. Normally, if somebody get in your face, you want to knock them out. How many been there? I've been there. I, I, I man, I held back. One time, a guy made a a lewd remark to my. So my wife at the office, at the church office, on the holy ground. (laughs) She did that, and I grabbed him by the throat. I I I have to grab him by the throat, put him up against the wall. Then I realized what I was doing. And I said, Oh, I better stop. I gotta stop. What am I doing? Gotta stop. It felt good for a little while, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But I whoa, I gotta stop. I can't do that. Why? Because God's ways are different. We can't do that no more, right? He struggled with Laban. Laban is his father-in-law, right? Because his father-in-law out-connived him. See, if you're a, don't raise your hand, but if you're a conniver, don't worry about it. Somebody's going to get you. It's going to be, I ain't never been burned. Hang on there, it's coming. You'll get burned. Everybody's been burned once or twice. Come on now, you ain't that good. I don't care how good of a conniver you are. You can connive all you want. You're going to get you. And then you're all paranoid because you know someone's going to get you. And And then you walk around in life paranoid thinking somebody's after you because they are. Because you're a conniver and you figure everybody else is just like you. So you're always trying to watch your back, right? He struggled with Laban. Then Laban got him good. Laban got him good, gave him two wives, Right? Then he struggled with his wife, his wives. Now, listen, remember to understand this. He struggled, and God, and Laban got him and gave him two wives. Now, understand this. This is not God's way, two wives. I mean, think about that, guys, two wives? You might just, just, that's over with, amen? Just one wife, amen? We're not Mormons, Hallelujah. He had these two women, between the loved and the unloved, because he didn't want two wives, but Laban outknigged them. So he had the loved one and the unloved one. Uh, Rachel and Leah fought for Jacob's attention. The struggles, uh, huh? That almost prostitution of that thing. And why am I saying this? Because we all struggle. Where's your struggle at? How are you struggling with God, huh? Jacob continued. He wanted to, he struggled to get free from Laban. He struggled to, to make it right with his older brother because he burnt his older older brother. He did his older brother wrong and he struggled with him all his life till finally he had to humble himself, bow before his older brother, make amends. But it was a struggle. Hmm? And we all do that. How many families do I know, do you know, that brothers, for whatever reason, or uncles or aunts don't talk? Why? Because life is a struggle. We're all imperfect. We make mistakes. And sometimes people just don't give us enough room to make a mistake. Well, we have to be perfect. We have to be perfect, but not them. You ever feel like that? Man, they want me perfect, but what about you? Right? No. So you struggle with God. Ultimately, Jacob came to a point, like many of us, I hope, where we begin to struggle with God. Jacob was asking for the blessing, wanted to know what his life was about. And the Bible says that he ran into God early in the morning and he was fighting all night long with God. Imagine fighting all night, literally physically wrestling with God. <laughs> MMA, the original MMA. <laughs> and he wouldn't tap out. Kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting, until finally God said, you know what? Enough for this dude. And the Bible says that he dislocated his hip. Boom. NFL injury. That's what happens in the, in the newfound life of Jesus Christ. Sometimes your struggle will cause you to injure yourself. Or rather, sometimes God will allow injury in to humble you. So from that day forward, Jacob always walked with a limp. Could you imagine that? He was the original pimp. It's a dog, you know what I mean? He walked with a limp. (laughs) Jake. (laughs) But I know one thing, because life is a struggle. And you're going to wrestle with God. If you're not wrestling with God, then something's wrong with you. Life is a struggle. And I've learned something. I never trust anybody who doesn't have a limp. Now, I mean spiritually. I look at people, and if they're shining too much and their teeth are too white, something's wrong with them. Those type of people tend to be phonies. They got everything together. No, they don't. Everybody's got a limp. <coughs> and if they, they, they're too perfect, too good, don't believe it. Those are the kind of stalkers get you at night. They, they make movies about them, you know what I mean? No, no, no. We struggle. Jacob struggled with his neighbors, the Canaanites. Struggled with loss when Rachel died at childbirth, giving birth to Benjamin. Imagine his wife dying at childbirth. And so, it's like, Jacob experienced all the struggles that many of us as a community face, death in the family, rejection from a brother, a fight here, a fight there, a lie here, lie there. Anybody struggled like that? See, that's part of our newfound life. The good thing is we have a, an ability to overcome the struggle. That word struggle means Battle. Fight, melee, skirmish. I like this one, free-for-all. It's like um, when I was a kid, they used to have the the Battle Royale. They still call it the Battle Royale? When I was growing up, now in, in the WWF, WWE now, huh? It was WWF when I was growing up, WWE, right? The world, the, the wrestling, they had the cage matches and they had everybody. And back when I was growing up, they had Kinji Shibuya, Haystack Calhoun, right? Pat Patterson. You got to know about these people. These are the original wrestlers. Forget all those. That was before Hulk. Hulk was still a myth. Amen? These were the original. Ray Stevens. Can I keep going? Some of you, when you know, if you know those names, you're an old dude like me. Amen? <laughs> but you have this battle royale, and we're struggling. And the Bible says in Ephesians six twelve, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your struggle is not with your brother. Your struggle is not with your uncle. Your struggle is not with your neighbor. Your struggle is not with me. Your struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So, everything we, that's our struggle. All this other stuff is part of our newfound life. But the real struggle is not in this room. There is a devil that wants to kill you, that wants to take your soul, that doesn't want you to prosper. That's where your struggle is at. So, how many have struggled within ourselves about any situation? Now you can raise your hand. Huh? Today, some of you may be struggling with God about something. Hmm? What are you struggling with? See, I'm going to tell you something about struggles, especially when you're in Christ. Struggles are a good thing, struggles are a sign that you're changing. You can't change without struggle. Ladies, you want to lose weight? Go struggle. You can't struggle watching TV. I'm struggling huh, watching TV. Look at, oh, 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 I changed the channel. That really took a lot of energy. No, you, you got to struggle, right? If you want to change, whatever you want to do, you're going to have to struggle for it. It doesn't come all oh, easy. No, no, you have to struggle for it. Amen? Amen. Check us out changing, because things are changing fast. They aren't, everything's fast. From the time of Christ until 1760, world knowledge doubled once. So, how many? That's 1,760 years. All knowledge doubled one time. From 1760 to 1880, that's 120 years, it doubled again. In 1914, by 1914, It had doubled a third time. Now, the raw mass of human knowledge doubles twice a year. Twice a year. Now, if you're not struggling, then you're dead. You're not alive. See, life is a struggle. And if information, the raw, pure knowledge of everything we know, everything that you've ever known is doubling twice a year, that means what you knew a year ago is worthless. You have to keep up. And just that is a struggle in itself. Huh? So we're going to have to struggle in life don't make it worse by struggling with God can I say that again you're going to have to struggle with life don't make it worse by struggling with God see God will not allow the enemy to deal with you until he's done dealing with you first <laughs> people say oh, the was no, not after you Oh man, there's demons. No, there's no demon. It's God dealing with you. He will not let the devil deal with you until he's done with you. So if you're struggling, thank God. That means God is dealing with you. God is helping you. God is working with you. When you stop struggling, hmm, you're in the hospital bed. Deal with us. Jacob's tr- struggles, and I'm coming in for a landing because I need to. Jacob's struggles can be, can be distel- distilled down to three areas. Now listen, here's your struggle. I'm going to give you your, your, the three areas where you struggle. They have, might have different names. These are the areas. The first one speaks for itself. Habits. Some of you have some strange habits. And I'm not just talking about drug addictions. That's, that, that's No, I'm talking, some of you guys have some strange ways about yourself. And then we have this cop-out. Well, that's the way I am, and that's how I'm going to be. Then you're not going to change. And if you're not going to change, you're not going to struggle. If you're not going to struggle, God is not even dealing with you. You probably don't even know God. If you know God, believe me, he's not going to let you keep bad habits. He's going to change you. And when he begins to change that habit, you're not going to like it. Does anybody like it? You're not going to like it. You're not supposed to like it. You know, I was sick, and they were giving me medicine. I had to go every day for, for 22 days. I had a pick line, and it had a, had a thing in, my, thing, in a, my, my vein. It was a tube went all the way up in my vein, all the way down, right above my heart. It's a pick line, right? And they gave me that pick line because the, the medicine was so strong, if they put it in my vein, it would blow the vein up. So they put a tube in my, it went all the way up there, and I had to go for 22 days straight, and I had to sit in that office, uh, for one hour and have to stick that stuff in me. Do you think I like that? No, but it was good for me. It healed my disease. It, it's allowed me to speak right now. See, sometimes your medicine is not going to be that good. But you're, you're struggling with a habit, so God wants to remove that bad habit. I don't know your habit. You do. Your neighbor does. If you're a parent, your kids does. If you're if you're a kid, your mom does. If you're a brother, your brother does. If you're married, your husband does. Somebody knows your habits, and it's probably the core of most of your arguments. We're always fighting. Why? Because you guys got crazy habits. God wants to change you. Say Amen. Second thing leads you right to the next thing. You're struggling with your relationships. Remember, I'm just stealing Jacobs. He had bad habits because he was a liar, just a habitual liar, and he had bad relationships. He had a bad relationship with his mom and dad. He had a bad relationship with his brother. He had a bad relationship with his wife, and he didn't like his father-in-law. Ooh, poor guy. You're gonna have to, God's going to work in you so that, so that your relationship will get better, and this is the cop-up. Well, what do they got to do? And they got to, no, 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 God's not worried about them right now. He's talking to you. This is what you have to do. Forget what they have to do. That's the reason why people don't change. Well, I'll change if they change. And if they if they do this and I'll do that, then that means nothing's gonna happen. See, God is dealing with you today. You have to struggle through you. Which leads to the next one: your emotions. Oh my, not emotions, not emotions. See, emotions, I'm going to sort of sit here for a little while. Emotions can be good. I'm going to say this real loud. Emotions can be good if we learn not to trust them. <coughs> don't trust them. Oh, I feel like this. Burden. I don't care how you feel. But I've, I felt like, I don't care what you felt like. Well, the way you spoke to me made me feel And so we, we base our decisions and we place our relationship in danger based on what? How you feel. They're good if you don't trust them. Uh, Psalms 126.2 reads like, "...then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful singing." Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. These are good emotions. But it also says, do not let your heart envy sinners. Control your emotions. See, we have to control those emotions like envy, jealousy, lust, pride. Hello, let me say that again. Emotions, envy, jealousy, lust, pride. We should make a rap. I'm getting ready to make a rap. Right? Envy is a cruel emotion. Envy crucified Jesus. Jealousy removes reason from even the most reasonable. Lust. America is lust-driven, and Satan uses sex as a weapon. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Pride. And then here, especially, well, we're proud. I'm proud. Yeah, that is the complete anti-state of mind of God pride. Pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up every possibility of love, contentment, and common sense. Let me say that again. Pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love, contentment, and common sense. Pride brought Lucifer, the angel, the worship leader of heaven, pride brought that angel, Lucifer, down so God could rename him the devil. The serpent. Pride. Pride. Let's close before I get you more scared. Today, as you watch the Super Bowl, as a touchdown is made, I want you to imagine you are the offense scoring in the game of your NFL of your newfound life. The Denver and Carolina Broncos, the De- Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers, they average sixty-six point two plays per game. Right? That will total to twelve thousand one thousand two hundred and fifty six point eight plays per season. So it took them roughly thirteen hundred plays to get to the Super Bowl. Hmm? The Super Bowl will consist of a fierce struggle for only a couple of hours. It will only encompass 132.4 plays. Fierce. The team who struggles the best wins. Your life will consist of countless plays. Your life. Not just two hours. Not just a season. You're going to have fumbles. Interceptions. You're going to go off sides on somebody. Illegal use of hands. Pass interference. And every one of us will suffer an unsportsmanlike conduct from time to time. So your penalties, your penalties come in the shape of a habit, an integrity problem, jealousy, envy, pride, your penalties. And they result perhaps in a bad relationship or wrong decision. To never forget this, that in Christ, no matter how many penalties you may have incurred, God said he is faithful and just to forgive you of all penalties, of all unrighteousness. See, he's not in it for a game. He doesn't bring you into this for a game. He brings you into this thing, this newfound life for just that, for a new life, for a new way of thinking. First Corinthians 9.25 reminds us that everyone who competes in a game has to go into strict training. If you've been stumbling and you haven't had the victory, it's because you probably have not been involved in strict training. You need to train yourself up. Church attendance is not training. That's just going to church and becoming religious. You need to go into strict training. Similarly, talking to his disciple, Paul was talking to Timothy, who was a young man, barely coming up with the Lord. He goes, Timothy, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. So there are rules in our game in this Christian walk. Jesus set them down. Do you follow the rules or do you follow your rules? What game are you in? Sadly, many do not follow the rules according to the rule book. They want to make their own rule book. That's why you have all these things. Well, God loves everybody. He loves all creatures. And, and they come with all these nice philosophies that make the sinful man feel good in their sin. But there are strict rules. God tells us. Let's read that. I'm going to close. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. For everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, Paul again writing in verse 26, I do not run like a man aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That's how we compete. We don't just beat the air. We don't shadow box We have a target. We don't just run. We run with a goal in mind. That's our life. That's what life is about. What is your life about? What's your target? He says, I beat my body to make it a slave. So after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So I don't know about you but I want to make it to the end. I know friends, pastors, and priests who have preached the gospel only to fall away and end up in the clutches of the devil. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen to you. That's a struggle it's hard, but it's doable. I have examples. I look at Nikki. My dad, I look at him, and he watches me. He talks to me. He calls me. I look at Pastor Sonny, my example. I look at him, and I follow them. I go, look, I got some good examples. If they can do it, I can do it. And when the struggle gets so hard to bear, I said, no, devil, you know, I may be feeling a certain way right now, but I don't trust my emotions. I've learned I don't trust this. I may feel this way, but I know one thing. Huh? Joy comes in the morning. When God, when things are down, I remember God is going to pick me up. God will never leave me, nor will he forsake me. So devil, you can have your way today, but I'm getting back up, and I'm going to have my way with you tomorrow, you punk. That's how I walk with Jesus Christ. That's how I walk with the Lord. That's our struggle. We are the victors. We are the conquerors. We are his high priests. You are a chosen people, a royal nation. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.